Do you ever find yourself keeping score in your marriage, in your friendships, in your church community? Because I know Katie and I have found ourselves doing that from time to time in our marriage. And I think it's human nature to keep track of who's doing more, who's doing less, who's slacking off, who did the dishes last night, and therefore who should do them this morning. Those are questions that sometimes we as human beings ask ourselves only to find that that is not the point of marriage, nor should it be a question that we ask ourselves on a regular basis. So if you're asking yourself that question, or if you're asking your spouse that question, maybe you should listen to this episode, because Katie and I are asking each other, why do we find ourselves keeping track of score and keeping track of who's doing more and who's tit for tatting in the marriage? What? All right, let's get this thing going. Hey, I'm Elisha Votberg. And I'm his wife, Katie. Katie and I both grew up in families that were fun, impactful, and relationship rich. Now that we're a family of our own with three young children under the age of three, we're eager to see what God can do through the family unit. We're so excited that you're joining us on this podcast as we dive into what the Bible says about marriage, children, parenting, money, sex, careers, roles, and so much more. Katie, are you ready? Let's go. excited about this week's episode. I think it's going to be really fun because it's something that we have struggled with and also something I feel like we've gotten pretty good at. Sure. We've had some victories yes. in this area for sure. Yeah. So we've had some victories and this is also, I feel like such a hot conversation when it comes to marriage. At least I get asked a lot online or get concerns a lot online. Like Um, I don't feel like my husband is really helping out all that much, or maybe it's a working outside the home mom. And she's like, I feel like we're both working. And then I come home and I still have to do dinner and make the dish, but do make, yeah, do all the things, Yeah, do and make (laughs) dinner and dishes, you know, and things like that. Um, and so I don't know, I think this is gonna be a good conversation. And we also got a comment the other day. Yeah, that kind of spawned this conversation. If you follow Katie on Instagram, then you saw, I think on Friday night, a a few nights ago, um, when we were on a date, actually, that was fun. That was. Uh, Katie did like a QA and a for for next week's podcast, actually. So some of you that asked questions, um, we're going to be answering them next week. And there are some juicy answers that we're going to have, some good questions. So you will not want to miss next week's episode. I raised my mic just for the eyebrows. (laughs) However, one of the questions uh, was so good that it sparked a conversation that Katie and I decided to do a whole podcast on. And um, someone asked, do you know who you are if you're listening? Uh, It looks like it's a female. She said, Katie, how do you handle your husband taking the lead and progressing his career but not you. And I'm guessing that this is kind of in response to last week's episode and how we were talking about roles and just a theme that we've had for the last couple of weeks that you've shared on, on Instagram and and on YouTube. And because if you listen to last week's episode, Katie and I had felt like our roles had kind of gotten out of whack and we were walking in each other's roles. 
And and when we felt convicted in this area, we tried to we, well, we did. We switched back, kind of to me being more in the leadership role and you being more of that help meet. And that's what we felt really like the Lord had laid on our heart to be like, hey, you guys aren't doing this properly. Here are some practical things you can do to walk more in that. And so I think that's what this question was derived from. Yeah. And when we say leadership and help meet for Elisha, help meet meant um, doing a lot more of the housework, taking care of schooling the kids, cooking, mm. you know, stuff like that. Uh, more traditional housewife things. And for him, as far as the leadership in our marriage specifically, that was taking over that lead role in the management of our businesses. Mm -hmm. So this wasn't like overall, I mean like there's spiritual leadership and there's leadership within our marriage and all this, right. but those are specifically the shifts that we made. And I thought that this was an interesting question because even when Elisha and I have had our differences or when we felt like our roles were off, I've never felt like Elisha was building his career or I, you were building or yours. I was building yeah. my career. And that's never, um, just a perspective that I've had. It's always been like, for instance, in this case, Elisha taking over the leadership role in our businesses, me stepping out of that role. I don't view it as him building his career. I view it as him building our future. And that's how I think we've always viewed what we are doing in our marriage. Yeah, I think that's why Katie and I were perplexed a little bit by this question is because it made us realize that we just don't view things this way in regards to me doing, me pursuing my career, and then maybe later you can pursue your career or vice versa. Um, it's thinking like, whoa, we just are always pursuing a like-minded vision and our roles and our responsibilities within pursuing that vision vary. And we want to make sure that we're walking out our God-given roles within that same pursuit that same vision that said the more we thought about this the more we were like this is probably a very common perspective hmm. we've been blessed to be surrounded by a lot of marriages and families that have that same vision and those same aligned dreams and that's not to say everything's you know perfect all the time but there is this common it's like assumed that we are working towards something because we're married our marriage and our family is working towards something together and it's not me pursuing my thing Elisha yep. pursuing his thing which is a lot more common than not right in the yes. 21st century I right. think it's more like what what's what do I have going on and what does he have going on yeah and I think Katie already said it but we feel fortunate to have had this exemplified for our, pretty much our whole life, not just mm -hmm. in our parents, but in our grandparents and aunts and uncles and close friends. And so Katie and I kind of went into marriage, even if we didn't explicitly specify what our marriage vision was or our vision for, for marriage and for family and life was, we knew that we wanted to come to, we, we knew it that by entering into holy matrimony, we were going to be setting off on this vision that we wanted to come to agreement on and we wanted to find it together. Yes. And we want to dive more into like dreams goals and visions and like practical things. Cause we kind of backtracked and we're like, okay, why do we have this hmm. already kind of built into our marriage? How could someone who doesn't feel like this is the case for them start to have that perspective of alignment and mm -hmm. oneness in this area. But I want to touch real quick on a piece of marriage advice that I read by this couple that I really admire. Um, just because they're like, 
a hundred years old. I don't know. They are so old. Wow. Are they living or <laughs> yeah. they are? Alive? They aren't really a hundred, but they're really old and they have this really flirtatious marriage, which I think is, says a lot. If you're still flirting when you're ancient, you know, there's probably other things that are in line there. And if you're wow. still speaking really well of your spouse, yeah, you're not going to say your, their names after all of this, are you? No, I'm not. Oh, good. <laughs> after you say somebody's ancient and 150 years old, a hundred times, then it seems kind of inappropriate <laughs> to say their names. Well, I mean that as a good thing Yeah. as far as they know what they're talking about. Yes. And something that they said is every, um, do as many things as you can together in your marriage, because every shared experience, every shared, um, that memory, know, vision, yeah. memory, decision, it forms a thread between you and your partner. And the more threads that you have formed between each other, the harder it is for that relationship to be ripped apart. Right. Mm -hmm. And I just think that's so cool. I want to have so many threads tied to Elisha. And I think this is a big reason. There's so many reasons, but I think not following God's design for marriage is a big reason why so many marriages are failing. But in our culture, we're really set up to tie our threads to other people. Hmm. Like I have my girlfriends. He has his girlfriends. Yeah, or I your have, colleagues and your business partners. Yes. Yeah. 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 Did I say your girlfriends? I think I meant your guy friends. I, well, you, yeah, like your girlfriends, like, yeah. like your gal friends, yeah. Yes. I have, um, you know, I have my church group. He has his church group. Yeah. I have my workout classes. He has his and whatever. My mm -hmm. hobbies, my career, my, 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 my. We kind of share the kids, but we send them off to do their thing too. Right. So wow. I think this is actually really applicable to family culture too. As yes. many shared experiences you have as a family, that creates a very strong family culture. And yes. very rarely do we have those threads. So anyways, going back to the marriage thing though. Yes. We don't want our threads tied out here to all these things. We want them tied to each other. That's right. Yeah, because, you know, looking at this again, kind of going back to this question, you know, Katie, do you feel, I can't, I, I want to paraphrase, but you know, since Elisha is now advancing his career, do you kind of feel like you are missing out by not being able to pursue yours? Um, and we've always looked at jobs or careers or businesses, finances as a means. It's just a part of the puzzle to the bigger vision. Never were any of those things an end in it of themselves. And that's just kind of like the hierarchy of how we think. And we've mentioned our giant five before. I'll say it again, but you know, our faith, you know, our relationship with God is just first and foremost, how, how is our faith? Is it growing? Is it being diminished? Is it being attacked? Are the things we're putting into our head and our heart and our activities honoring to God or the strengthening in our faith and our relationship with God? That would be number one. And then our marriage is a number two. And then number three is our children and then our physical health. And then under there, the fifth thing in our giant five would be things like that you would put, say like career or jobs or, you know, ministry opportunities and, and outside, outside of the home impact opportunities, you know, impact, uh, impacting people's lives outside of your home. And if you, and I'm, Katie and I are very imperfect at keeping that priority list all the time, but that's yes. where our, that's truly where our hearts desire in our goals for life lie and those get out of whack they get out of balance sometimes we let our health slip away we don't you know stay we let our marriage get you know kind of boring sometimes if we're not careful or we get you know kind of we get into ruts in all those areas but 
the reason it's easy for, I think, me to let Katie do certain things that I might see as her advancing her platform or her career, and then why it's really easy for us to flip that and say, wait a second, this isn't healthy for our family. Elisha should be taking the lead in some more of these business things is because those are very down the priority list and they're either going to be supporting our ultimate mission or taking away from them. And so it's a lot easier to have an unemotional view on topics like career and job. And I'm being kind of long winded in my explanation here, but I do want to clarify. No, no, take your time. It might be easy to look at our life and to say, well, let's, you know, maybe it's easy for Katie and I to have this perspective because we're entrepreneurial and we run businesses from home and we're kind of running them as a family. But Katie and I have seen this played out in far more conventional career homes as well, where even if the father had a, a more, would you say, like, um, formal career, you know, whereas a, a medical doctor or an engineer or a lawyer, they still, that, that wasn't the priority. The family vision, the home, the marriage, their faith, their relationship with the Lord was the priority. And even though that was a more, uh, you know, I guess all involving career that typically is a, a bigger part of people's identity, that wasn't the case for these families that we were around. Wouldn't you say? Yes. I think that every time, like, I think Elisha and I have so many threads when it comes to a shared vision and shared dreams and shared goals. Mm. Uh, Obviously, we all have, we, we all, (laughs) all two of us have our own little goals and dreams. And I know things that Elisha really loves that I'm not that into. Um, But that said, because Elisha loves certain things, like say music, then I want him to, I want that to be a part of our bigger vision. So I want to support him in that. That would be an example of something that maybe I don't have any, I'm not helping him as far as like, I don't play anything. I don't, Mm -hmm. you know, do any of them. That could technically just be his thing, but we really want that to be a part of our family's bigger vision. Mm -hmm. And we want that to become, you know, be a thread that we can both share in together. And I think what's so cool about having a shared vision is that there's a compounding effect that happens in marriage, potentially. This does not happen in every marriage, and I really want to be able to take advantage of it in our marriage. And my dad always always used to say, in marriage, one plus one is not two, and that's so true because when you're combining your resources, your skills, your abilities, your talents, your strengths, you know, that whole opposites attract thing, maybe you're strong in a place where your spouse is weak, you combine your shared financial goals, so you aren't spending money on something, you know, I'm not spending money on these things, Elisha's spending money on these things, there can just be this compounding effect where you can have such a bigger dream and such a bigger vision when you're both, you know, like two horses plowing the same wagon. Instead of like, oh, I got my wagon over here. You got your wagon over here. You know, we're kind of just like zigzagging here. Yeah, I'm with you. It's not, I don't think, I think this defies mathematics, defies science when two become one, you know, as is the Bible tells us, that's what happens in marriage. And it's so much more than one plus one being two. The, in, even in practical ways, you can say, yeah, maybe like from a spiritual standpoint, you know, you, be, you, be, you are becoming this one flesh and there are a ton of spiritual implications. But in a practical way, it's like you get so much more done when you, ha- when you, are, like, when you are one in mind and you're one in heart and in vision than you would do if you are divided. 
Yeah, absolutely. So like some examples of vision, like our vision for our children. Mm. I wrote down some things. Mm-hmm. Um, we want them to love God, to remain innocent for, you know, a while, mm-hmm. a lot earlier than kids do these days. Um, bless others in public, bless our own home, mm. bring us rest and joy, be capable lifelong learners, be prepared adults and feel like we prepared them for the real world. Mm-hmm. You know, not get out there and be like, what on earth? Like my parents didn't tell me anything I needed to know. Um, and above all, know and love the Lord. That's like a general rough draft Mm. of part of our vision for our kids. And so when I am homeschooling them, I am, I am pushing ahead that vision. When Elisha takes them and trains them or does Bible time with them in the evening, he's pushing forward Mm -hmm. that vision. And so it becomes a lot less like, what's he doing? What's, what am I doing? I'm taking care of the kids more. He's taking care of the kids more. It's just whoever has the capability and the bandwidth to push that vision forward, that part of our vision forward, we want one of us to jump in and do it. A hundred percent. And it feels so rewarding and empowering when your spouse, when you're on the same page in an area like child training or just parenting in general with your children, because that's just a, a huge heart's desire of both Katie and I. And I could see how, if that's a, not, uh, you know, one of these united hearts desires, if your hearts aren't united in that desire for your children, that could be a very frustrating situation. Yes. And, and so rather than trying to keep track of score or to try to convince your spouse to put in more hours or to take more time and, you know, with the kiddos and do more sessions of training, I feel like the goal should be coming to a like-minded vision first and foremost. And sure, the practical things have to happen every day too, but you know, going kind of back, I don't like, I don't talk about the heart that often, but like going back to your spouse's heart and being like, where, you know, praying for them, praying that for your own heart, that it, that it would be really molded to what God has for you and your marriage so that you can sit down and in a conversation with your spouse, realize, wait a second, we do have the same goal. We do have the same vision and you're able to then attack the next day with that in mind. I wrote down if you lose sight of the master plan, then you like have no choice but to micromanage the the practical things, the tactics of the day. You have like no choice, choice but to just keep track of what the other person is doing with their minute and with their hour and with their day. But if you have a clear vision of that master plan and you're moving towards it, then that's where your vision is at. And then the practical things fall into place. It doesn't mean there needs to be some management, but not micromanagement of mm-hmm. keeping score of what the other spouse is doing. Yeah, I think that even in terms of finances, right? One day, Elisha and I have the shared goal of ha- having a property, of having it be you know, not too close to town, but close enough mm-hmm. to town. Um, and now when I picture like the vision for our home, it's clean, a place of rest, fun, inspirational. So if Elisha is working on that long-term vision of, you know, investing his time and energy into increasing our finances so that we can one day have that shared dream and in the here and now I'm best put at, uh, or I'm best set to the task of making sure that our home is this place of rest where he's able to come and be encouraged and be blessed and be fed and then go back out and be more effective in creating that long-term, you know, financial future for us, then, then that's great. We're, we're doing different tactics. That's not a compromise. It's not a compromise. I don't feel like, well, he's going out and he gets to, you know, I wish I could go talk to so-and-so or, you know, eat lunch out or whatever. Like, 
those thoughts aren't crossing my brain because I'm just thinking, that's awesome. He's doing that. I'm doing this. We're on a team. You mm-hmm. know, you picture any team like soccer. If you're in defense and your team wins, that's awesome. It's a win. It doesn't matter that you didn't score a single goal. Right. I think of the same thing with our health. Elisha and I, especially after this fourth baby, have just been like, we really want to be in a healthy place because this last year was pretty unhealthy for us. And so when Elisha watches the kids for me to be able to go work out, that's not... That's a blessing to me and yeah. to the whole family. Yeah. <laughs> or that's how he makes me feel at least. <laughs> well, that is the reality of how I feel. Yeah. Cause I'll have people ask like, how do you have time to go work out? You know, like my husband doesn't want to watch the kids and I'm like, well, it's a different perspective. Like in our perspective, Elisha and I are both winning when I work out. We're both winning when we're paying for his weights, you know, so he could work out here. Like, yeah. I mean, exercise equipment, yeah, like yeah. his exercise equipment. That's a win for both of us. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, we're both winning when we buy nicer, healthier food, you know, spend more money yes. on healthy food. And- yeah, when I cook with healthy ingredients that taste good so we aren't as tempted to eat out, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, wow, I'm really moving forward our vision of being healthy as a family. I'm not like, oh, man, you know, I just, uh, it's a different perspective. I'm not like, I have to cook from home and eat from home. And, you mm-hmm. know, this is such a burden to carry which I have felt at different times mm-hmm. when, when I don't have that big picture vision, like Elisha said, the day in and day out really starts mattering. Yeah. You know, you use the example of a sports team and I think that can be a, a really great analogy. I mentioned earlier, the analogy of like starting a business with someone with a business partner. And of course this analogy is going to fall short of an actual, you know, good comparison of marriage because how can you find an analogy for marriage apart from Christ and the church? That's a pretty good analogy right there. No, we're the analogy. We're the <laughs> allegory. That's the real marriage is Christ and his church. But if you take a business partnership and you're 50-50 partners and you start a business with one another, you've got, hopefully, you have like a mission statement. You've got a goal. You've got a, a there's a reason that should probably be pretty well defined as to why you're starting this business together. And maybe when, in your, when you started your marriage, you didn't have that clearly laid out what your vision was for your marriage and what the goal was but you can do that now you can do that time and time again in your marriage and i think businesses do that all the time but going back to if you are equal parts owners equal part owners of a business you both have this like-minded this shared vision and a, a vested interest to see that those missions get a, the mission gets accomplished and that you're moving things forward and i think good partners in that situation again we're not advocating a 50 50 perspective on marriage no, but it's a hundred percent, it's a hundred, percent and 100%. But in a business partnership, you're not, you really don't get too worried about who, wait, who I'm doing more accounting or he's, do, he's doing more marketing or why is he running the sales and I'm doing this. You're looking at the big picture and saying, okay, where are year to date? Are we growing? Are we, and you're looking at this big picture, this, you know, 10,000 foot view of your business. And I think that in marriage, yes, practical things add up and they matter. But it's so much easier to have a conversation that's civil and not emotionally charged when you're both looking at it from the 10,000 foot view of wait, we both know and and you're like minded on what that long term goal is. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Sorry. I'm cutting you off. Cut me off. Did did I cut you off? No, you didn't. Well, okay. So you cut me off one time. So I get to cut you off one more time before this (laughs) podcast is over. I want to make sure we keep accurate count score here well i was just thinking along those lines elisha and i have always had that shared vision and we've definitely 
got hung up on the tactic sometimes. Oh, big time. Yes. Like we've not walked in anything close to perfection in this. No. So I love how you brought that up though, because we have a starting place. We're able to go back, look at the big picture, step back and be like, you know what? This often isn't getting us to the big picture. Mm. Often when we have issue with our tactics or what I'm doing, what he's doing, it's because it's not getting us to the long-term vision that we Mm. have. Mm -hmm. You know, our long-term vision has been for me, you know, we've talked about this to homeschool our kids. So we had to step, take a step back, even though our youngest is, or our oldest right now is only four. We have to say, okay, if Katie keeps leading out in the business for the next five or six or seven years, then what? It's a lot bigger. Yeah. And then I'm just going to quit cold Turkey then, mm-hmm. or is Elisha going to homeschool our kids? Like that didn't fit into our bigger picture. So we needed to make adjustments today. Yes. Based on that vision. Right. That's right. And I think you can have like different levels. I know we do for sure have different levels of the vision. You can have like your dream property vision, you know, your financial vision, vision, your, you know, your fitness vision, your marriage vision. But something that Katie and I both agree on is like this hierarchy of value system that I referenced earlier, where if something's going to tear apart our marriage, it's just not worth it. Yeah. It's marriage is so high on our priority list where if like, that is the reward in it of itself, or that is enough of a goal in it of itself to have a healthy, thriving marriage till the day that we die. You know, so nothing, we're not going to let something break our marriage down. And, and it goes on with our children, man, this is tearing our family apart. And of course our faith, man, this is compromising my conscience. This is driving a wedge in my faith. Well then get rid of it. And so Katie and I are very like-minded on those things. Not every marriage is unfortunately that should be a goal is to come to a like-minded perspective on your faith on your marriage is marriage do you value marriage do you value being together staying married sticking it out seeing it through do you think that just that in and of itself is something that's honoring to god and worthy of your energy and your effort and your decision making i love how you said that and even as you were saying that because of that hierarchy that is like our children too. Like we aren't going to let our children come in between our marriage, mm-hmm. even though they're a value. It's a very valuable relationship, mm-hmm. obviously. And, um, unfortunately that happens in a lot of marriages. Mm-hmm. So something that we practically do is, well, okay. I want to say this first. I think it's really important that for almost anything, you don't focus on what you're saying no to. You focus on what you're saying yes to. Yeah. That really helps me in the moment. It's like, I'm not saying no to a career. I'm not saying no to a girl's night. I'm not saying no. You know, right. Elisha's not saying no to yeah, guys' night or, or spending money on something. Right. Playing golf, getting a golf membership yeah. you know, at the local club. I'm saying yes to my dream life. I'm saying yes to my dream marriage. I'm saying yes to my dream family because this is the dream that we're both working towards. And we determined that this is the best way to get to our dream. So every time I make a meal at home, every time I stay home and Elisha leaves our home, that is not at all something that bums me out because I'm excited that we're both working towards the same thing. Yeah. And, and I can love the day in and day out because of that vision. That's right. And if you feel that your spouse is acting in a way or starting a habit or a hobby that's not supporting your long-term goals, then you can approach them in a respectful and like, in like this commonality, this, this, uh, this common ground 
of, Hey, we both know we've got the same vision from my perspective. I see this thing that you're adopting into your life as not really supporting that. How do you see it supporting our long-term vision? And I feel like that can be a really healthy conversation. Yeah, totally. Maybe, I like it's, that. maybe it's not always a healthy conversation, but <laughs> I feel like that's a good framework for it potentially being a, it's a good starting place. Yeah. And I think that we have to have those checks all the time. If I yes. start to pursue something that just I individually like to pursue or Lysha starts to pursue something and we have to be like, okay, is there a way that I can get involved or that one of our kids could get involved one day? Or like, how is this a win outside of just, um, you yep. and, and what's funny or me. And that's something that the world doesn't want us to look at at all. It's just like, if you're happy, you do it. And the ironic thing is, is that we're happiest when we're in relationship yep. and with God and with each other, that's when we're happiest. It's not when we're just out pursuing our own thing. Like I don't want this to come across like I'm living a life of sacrifice or that we're no. living a life of sacrifice because I genuinely am one of the happiest people I know. And I just, I love waking up in the morning and getting to live my life. Mm. So this isn't, um, this isn't, you know, just me, just, or Elisha, I hope, you no. know, just slogging through this thing. Cause we don't have the joys in the journey. And that's yeah. something that Elisha and I really believe wholeheartedly. Yeah. And if your, if your affections aren't towards that, you can change your affection. That's what's so cool about our minds and our hearts. I think back to the things that I was so passionate about 10 years ago and that I thought for sure I would want to be maybe in this like subculture and be a part of this, you know, group and be pursuing a certain field. And I look back 10 years later and I'm thinking, boy, my heart's not even close. Like no part of me regrets not being a part of that. In fact, I'm so grateful that I'm not a part of that, but that instead the Lord took my affection elsewhere. And I think that you can pray for the Lord to change your heart on things. Cause maybe you're listening to this and you're like, I'm like, I straight up am not excited about marriage. I'm straight up not excited about raising my children. My spouse and I have, you know, like the only thing we have in common is that we both, you know, want to go on vacation to Maui. I was like, okay, we'll start there. You've got that in common, like start there and start working from there. But you can, you can, we have so much control over what we end up getting excited about and it's where we put our focus and it's also being yielded to God's working in our life and his Holy spirit changing our hearts and changing our affection because yes, we want to be obedient to God's word regardless of how we feel, but it's way more fun when you're excited about God's will too. And when that gets you excited. And so, you know, again, I think it's God's will that marriages stay together and that they thrive. And so pray for that to be your heart's desire to say, boy, I, I want marriage, the, the, just the idea of marriage, maybe to get me excited. And then I want to get excited about my spouse. I want to be excited about my spouse and pursuing that deep relationship. Same with children. I think it's God's desire that parents raise up their children in the ways that they should go and they should teach them of God's ways and preach the gospel in the home. If that doesn't excite you or you don't get you know excited to stay up late studying God's words so that you can teach your children or you or reading child training books. Well, pray that it would do that and then start doing it out of habit. Like that's the other thing too, is that what you feed and what you water, whatever grass you water, that's what grows, right? Yes. And we've both seen that so clearly when I'm spending my free time watching ESPN or, you know, just watching jujitsu videos, that's where my heart, and my mind are at. And then I go to God's word and I see what he has to say about children and about marriage. And my affection is turned towards that. Yeah. And Elisha and I are really speaking to 
ourselves in this because this is something we have to consistently remind ourselves of. Mm. And I think of that verse, you know, uh, I don't have the reference because I'm just now thinking about it as you're saying this, but it's a very popular verse about the Lord giving you the desires on your mm. of your heart. And I used to always think, oh, well, then I'll just get what I want. So this works out really well. But I think what's cool, I heard it explained one time is, no, God changes your heart so that you desire what he desires. And he gives you those desires. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just a wonderful thing to pray for. And I feel like even within the last two weeks, I've been, or three weeks, I've been so grateful. I told Elisha this on the way home from church. I feel like the Lord has, like, I feel kind of like a different person and that I have these new desires I have never had in my life, um, in regards to just being a mom, Hmm. you know, just being a mom in air quotes. Um, but that's never been so exciting to me. And, um, or even the way that I want to seek the Lord or the way that I view my sin, all these things have just really changed in my life and in Mm -hmm. my heart. And it's so cool how we can, we can change all the time. The Lord created that and it's beautiful. That's right. And there's just a, there's a practical, there's just a practical result to our practical behavior. You know, if you just consistently go to God's word, then he is faithful to really speak to you through his word. And if you consistently avoid God's word or fill your mind with things of this world, then your, your faith is faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And you know, God doesn't change. His truth doesn't change. The truth and the power of the gospel doesn't change. The variable is, is us, you know, and our faith. And, Mm -hmm. and we've got the ability to grow our faith or to to neglect our faith and to not pour into it. Um, yeah. Something that Elisha and I practically used to do, and we've continued doing this even with our, you know, little role switch we've talked with you guys about is we have our big picture vision. We had our big picture vision. (laughs) Why is that so hard to say with the businesses? Mm. And so each week we would sit down on Sunday night and we would plan out everything that needed to be done in the businesses and then divvy up responsibility Mm -hmm. to make sure everything got done because there's a really strong cause and effect right away in business, which Mm. in family and in relationship, it can be a lot more vague, but we still have sat down the past few weeks and established our weekly goals as a family. Um, just the little bite-sized pieces we're taking towards our overall vision and goals. And we clearly define those responsibilities and expectations. I think, especially when you're new to this, especially when you're stepping into maybe a new role or there's a change happening, maybe a move happens, a job change happens. It's important to not assume anything as far as just, right like just picturing your team like some things that i put down on our goal sheet now are like haircuts mm. or doing the kids school letting elisha know i have a facial uh, i want to take the kids to gymnastics i'm filling him in on my life and he puts some things on there that are filling him in on his life and we still feel like we're a team mm-hmm. going towards the shared vision and the other thing is is like we've talked about these they're, they're dots we we write these dots out on notebook paper and tape it on the fridge. And then we color in the dots as we go throughout the week. And if there's something like say an oil change, and that was something Elisha wanted to get done this week. Well, we're a team. So if he's really busy or overwhelmed, I can go knock out that dot. And I'm not thinking, Oh man, like I did the dishes and there's this dot here of the oil change. It's like, Oh cool. 
the goal is just to get all the dots. Yeah. It doesn't matter who does the dots. Right. And I think of that a lot with Elisha, actually, the way you bathe our kids. I think I've given our kids like one bath in their lives. <laughs> Elisha bathes our kids all the time. But he doesn't think, oh, that's, you know, Katie takes care of the kids for the most part. Or he gets the kids dressed for church. He he does these things because like it's a win for you. I'm going to put words in your mouth here. Yeah. When we all show up to church looking presentable, I take longer to get all put together. Mm -hmm. So he takes the kids so that we could have that shared vision of leaving the house as like a put together family, which is kind of hard to do when you have four little kids. Yeah. And that really blesses me. But he's, I think in a lot of homes, you know, that would probably be more of a mom's role to get the kids dressed. Hmm. And I don't feel any of that from you. Like, yes. Yeah, no, you're so right. I just love like when you break it down to those practical things like bathing the children or, or, uh, you know, getting them dressed or doing the dishes, you can have a, you, you can know the why and, and you're not getting hung up on what, you know, I could be off doing something, you know, whatever I could be at the gym right now working out instead. I'm here with the kids. I, we just don't view things that way in general. Of course we're selfish. We we've got selfish abilities. Yeah, we're, we're human beings <laughs> that will get selfish and we'd rather be doing something than the dishes in that moment. And you can, you know, cop an attitude, but I, in general, Katie and I, I think are consistently able to fall back on this bigger vision that's united. And so never do I feel like, oh, I'm able to advance my career and this is really cool for me and Katie sacrificing by being with the children. It's no, like this is my role in our overall family vision. And because of that, we're able to be really united in the journey. Yeah. I just think having that big picture is just so helpful just in a marriage. Yeah. I, Elisha and I both want like a happy, healthy marriage. Yes. And so if he is, you know, letting me take a nap and he is foregoing something he could do. So he's helping me out or, you know, then he has a happier wife and, yeah, you know, or a healthier wife, or it's the same way when I do little sacrifices for him, we aren't sacrificing so much mm. as you see what you're saying again, what you're saying yes to, which is, you know, a happy, healthy, uh, loving spouse yes. is going to love you better. That's right. <laughs> so it's unfortunate when people, you know, only see in retrospect how much they value their marriage, you know, don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone. But there is an element of truth to, to that song. Yeah. And we want to avoid that at all costs. It's like, no, we just do value marriage and we don't want to let unhealthy habits or mindsets creep into our, our home and into our marriage and start keeping track of who's doing what and that tit for tat that drives a wedge over time. And we just want to avoid that at all costs. Yeah. So anyways, that's kind of our, I mean, we've been on both sides of the spectrum. It's obviously a lot happier and a lot more fun when we're pulling together as a team. Yes. Instead of, you know, looking over at the other person and comparing notes, that's right. just not a fun way to live life. And you start realizing, I start realizing that I get more and more and more depleted when I have that, you know, depleted in my soul, my emotions, my happiness, all those things. Because the more we try to take from our spouse, the emptier we feel. Oh, yeah. And when I'm feeling like, oh, I can be a joyful giver, or it's just so much more rewarding and hmm. the relationship so much more fun and Elisha is so much more likely to joyfully give to me hmm. I, I use myself as an example but I feel like more often Elisha's the one who no that's <laughs> starts not by joyfully giving and then I no. <laughs> respond 
No, that's, I don't think that's the case at all. But anyone can start a positive cycle. Yes, that's in right. In a relationship. That's right. And it just takes takes one person. So yeah. Anyways, hopefully this was kind of encouraging. I feel like it was kind of all over the map a little bit. But yeah, it was, but I don't know. I It just reminds me of how much I want to keep a like-minded and united vision in our home yeah. and the power of that. So hopefully it encourages you to do the same in your home. Thanks for listening. See you guys. Yes. Next Next week. Tuesday. Next Tuesday with the (laughs) Q&A. Like I said, don't miss the Q&A next week. It's going to be good. Bye-bye.